Hello everybody, here we are again. It's Andy from Snowcam Shore with Paul from the Ski Instructor Association in Caprun. Oh, it's not association, is it? It's the Ski Instructor Academy here in Caprun. But funny that, because off camera we have just been talking about the difference in associations. We have, we have, and it's it's in relation to a comment that um, was made uh, about four or five weeks ago from Mitchell. Um, and he said, this year I've done and succeeded a 10-day ski instructor course level one and two in Austria, even though there is obviously difference between the candidates. Also, I was surprised to see how many people passed. Now, he's referring to a video that we put up, um, coaching a trainee instructor. I'll put the link up here so you can always have a look at that. And it is important to mention that this guy, because some people got mixed up and thought he was an instructor. I know that as well, because I know this Santi couldn't believe he was an instructor. But as I explained also in the comments, no, no, the guy's not an instructor. He's a trainee instructor. And it, this was only his first day as the, uh, the trainee. Um, and he went on to say, Mitchell, that um, I've definitely seen people pass with about this guy's skill level and even below. Well, in our association, this guy wouldn't pass. That was on that video. Um, and that's why he's obviously on a training course. Um, but Mitchell says he's seen people pass that level. It's hard to believe that some of these folks will start as ski instructors next season. Even though I do not think you should have mastered skiing yourself before you can effectively teach others, okay, and many other things besides, you own, your own skills can make you a great instructor. You should have a decent amount of skills. I think what he's trying to say is, obviously, it depends on the character, the person's wealth of, of life experience has an effect on their ability to teach. But that's, you know, a given. Um, it's all about money, he says, and um, there's not enough instructors, so they tend to pass people. Please note that this course was not with SIA, he says. Why not? Uh, why not? <laughs> I don't know why not. Um, but interestingly, he passed, which is... In his case, and Mitchell, uh, maybe you could let us know who who was this association, because as people may not be aware in Austria, it isn't like many other countries where there's just one association, is there, Andy? Yeah, there's, there's several associations. And what's quite interesting is one, it sounds like he's done this during COVID, which is pretty impressive. Um, but also what Mitchell needs to understand is if he's just on his anverter, which I'm guessing he has, if it was a 10 day course, that he's not yet qualified as a ski instructor in the Austrian system. He's qualified as an apprentice. He's he's basically licensed to go and work in a ski school and now start to learn his trade. And once he starts to learn his trade, he then gets the opportunity to go through the other qualifications. So Landis 1 and then Landis 2. And it's only when he's done his Landis 2, his snowboard inverter and his Alpine course that he will be seen in the eyes of the Austrians as a qualified ski instructor. So the difference in levels at that course are similar to most courses. And some of those people will have skied for the whole of their life and some of them won't. But all of them are only qualified to start their teaching career. Yeah, it's important to mention that. And the, the good thing is about the Austrian system is, although he is only seen as an apprentice, like a level one, two um, ski instructor, we are lucky enough at that level to be able to still ski around the mountain with your own group, 
you know, have private lessons, do what ski instructors do. Um, so it's worth mentioning, even if you've got a BASE 2, a PSIA 2, a CSIA 2, an NZSIA 2, etc., they are not seen as like a national qualification as a ski instructor as such. Um, some of them are more restrictive than others. And as I say, the great thing with the Austrian one is it really does allow you to act as a ski instructor independently on the mountains with the ski school. Um, but it is worth mentioning that there's still a lot of learning to go on. So, And also, I think what we want to look at, and you said it to yourself, He's passed this probably during the COVID season. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> interestingly, during the COVID season, the pass rate shot up massively. Um, and this is the problem. You, you have to remember that this is a... It's human, the whole system. It's it's biased. It, it will float around. I mean, even like you look at the Staatliche um, Aufnahmeprüfung, which is like the, the test to get you to start your level four. It was, you know, noticeably easier this season than it has been previous seasons. Um, why is that? Well, because it's human. There's a lot of factors that, that, are, that are taken into account. And when examiners are passing and failing people, they're human beings as well. Um, they will have a good day or a bad day. And, you know, maybe they're feeling generous or maybe they're feeling mean. Maybe you get that instructor who's dead chilled and he's really canny lad and he just gets on with things and he tends to pass people. And maybe you get the instructor who's the arse. He's, you know, letter of the law type yeah, person. Follow, follows, the, follows the law. What's, what's quite interesting, and we're kind of going off slightly on a tangent, but with the Alfnarmer is, um, and I think it's 60, they're always allowed to have 60 on the course because they get, the, the funding from the government for 60. And you never hear of a year where they only pass 40. <laughs> There's always 60 get through. Well, that's funding. Um, what we're talking about, by the way, is when you go to do a level four diploma instructor qualification in Austria, you, you have a pretest to see basically if you're going to be good enough. It's almost saying, well, you're probably going to pass thereafter. Yeah. Um, if you get on, if you get on board, the, you, you tend to make the grade and it's really just to make sure that before somebody starts their level four they're not wasting their time um whereas other associations wouldn't do that you know you have the right the minute you pass your level three or your your isia level if you want to call it the old uh, isia level then you have a right to start your level four modules and, and just go ahead with it in some associations so i think mitchell what we're trying to say is well done you know i mean you've you've, you've passed your your, your anverter um, obviously with that you can go now work in a ski school um, if you're not from england um <laughs> if he has a european passport yeah a european passport um and you will now like passing your driving test yeah. you'll make mistakes you'll crash you'll realize ah, i shouldn't have done that and that's when the learning process really starts because let's face it no matter who you are as an instructor you have taken the group down something too steep you've been on the wrong terrain you've made mistakes with clients you've acted inappropriately at times you know and everybody makes the same errors and through those errors you hope that after 10 20 years you become this very um experienced coach and in a later podcast i think we're going to be talking and following up on this andy we'll talk about why for example, people don't make it to the next level from mm -hmm. level two to yep. level three to level four. And whether that's such a bad thing, we'll discuss that. But in Mitchell's comments, it's really important that 
there are several factors involved here. This is where people start making comparisons and it gets embarrassing. And I see this a lot in places like Japan, Canada, uh, here in Austria, where people are trying to say, oh, I did the Anverter, so I'm better than you who did the Basie 2. And the Basie 2 person is not as good as the CSIA 2 person who's not as good as the PSI. It doesn't matter really what qualification you did um, because you should have mapped the qualification to the area you're going to work in, yeah, which you mentioned sure. before. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if Mitchell wants to work in Austria and can get the appropriate paperwork, then he's taken the right um, route. Um, I personally came back to teaching almost 10 years ago now and I wanted to work in Austria so I came and I did the Austrian qualifications um, so yeah definitely do the qualification from the association in the country that you want to work now obviously if you want to work in the UK and you want to work indoors or on a dry ski slope then Basie would be the way to go whether you would want to continue that to go on to snow would be another thing to consider um, especially since Brexit but I think what's also important with this uh, for Mitchell is he's saying that the standard on the course he was on he didn't necessarily think was that good and they all they all differ Salzburg of a band have a different way of doing it to the Wien of a band and we see that the Salzburg of a band is very much about we were going to get these people to a level and we are going to make sure they know how to teach kids. It's very kids orientated. It's orientated around the job as the ski instructor in a ski school. Yeah. And, what, and, what, and the, the, what the ski owner wants, what the ski school boss wants. Yeah. And in the first season, you're probably going to spend a lot of time with kids or in kinderland. So that's what they focus on. Where with Vinova Band, even though that's the job you're probably going to also go and do as an inverter within a ski school, they push the skiing a lot more. The level of the performance skiing, yeah, for yeah. example, um, in general. So, the practical side. Yeah. So if you'd done it with Vina, you may have been surprised that they actually wanted you to Which is to a higher standard. The Snow Sports Academy, they don't call it the Vina for band. Yeah. It might be confusing. And also it's the same with the Tyrolean for band as well. With these, Sorry, we should say association. The Tyrolean association are, are very similar to the Salzburg, where they're both, obviously Salzburg and Tyrol is where all the ski schools are. Whereas in Vienna, where the Snow Sports Academy is based, there aren't many ski resorts because uh, it's very flat. Yeah. Now, those people, those examiners in those two associations tend to anyway be ski school owners and bosses. Yeah. And they know what they want for that period in winter, they know the one people, as Andy said, who are going to be good with kids or understand the ski school philosophy, understand how ski schools work, understand, more importantly, how the beginner progression is, than even bother and even worry about whether this guy can carve down the slope or do bumps. It doesn't interest them at all, does it? No. So... Um, so it'd be interesting to have a reply from Mitchell to know um, basically, you know, which association was it, because that gives us a bit a better idea. Um, but for those of you who are working, I don't know, CSIA, Canadian or Basie or Irish or NZ, I mean, most of you, you know, you'll learn a module based system. You'll learn how to do um, beginners activities, how to get people used to the equipment, how to get them to carry the equipment, how to get them to put it on and off and then eventually to just glide down the slope do a, um, a wedge turn and then a plow turn etc and you work through a progression and the level one and two is really just directed at looking after people who are in the week one week two of their ski career if you like yeah. that's where i would see most of it yeah. aimed at what's also interesting and, and again mitchell might not know this um 
and from how I understand it, is people like the Canadian systems concentrate a lot more on um, teaching skills. Um, obviously, they concentrate on the skiing skills as well, but it's a lot more emphasis on teaching, but also teaching in your own way. The methodic progression that we have isn't as ingrained in the Canadian system. I think it's a little bit more free. Free, yeah. Yeah, the, it, this is where Mitchell says, um, bring your own skills into it. Now, what you would have found, Mitchell, is that in the Austrian system, as Andy said, there's a methodical progression, which is great for people doing the Anverter because they tend to have to learn a little bit of German with it as well so that they can teach in German. And if you can just learn lines, you know, and say, right, to teach somebody a plow, you do point one, point two, point three, point four, right through to point ten. It never changes. It's always in the same order. You always do those exercises like that. It makes it easy. Now, in the Bayesian system, for example, there's a bit of free thought applied. Mm -hmm. You say, hey, look, this person's making um, a straight run in parallel. They now need to learn how to do a plow. You can tell them any way you want how to do a plow. You make it up. You make up the, 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 the plan of the teaching lesson. And as long as you can prove that you achieved the goal, which was to make this person learn a plow, it's fine. It's completely free how you then do it. And that's where you would, if you're a bit older and let's say you were a teacher or you're a sports coach or somebody, you would bring in your own skills to say, I'm going to make this lesson more interesting. I'm going to develop some way of doing this that's never been thought of before. Um, and that's that's what's great about those module systems. However, in the Anvert, I've got to say, and you know, Andy, because you've done it, yeah. um, it probably was easier that there was a set system at first, yeah. but you probably never, ever used that system since yeah, you I learned think, it. I think the, the, minute, the minute you start on day one of the ski school after you've just passed it, it I'm not saying it goes out the window because it, it forms the framework, but you do bring in different your, things. Uh, your own skills. Things that you like, you, 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 you like to do. And also, it goes back to understanding how the person that you're teaching um, learns because the Austrian system is very much a, this is how you do it. Um, this is how you will learn. <laughs> watch me, copy me, do as I do, where not everybody can learn in that way. And it's funny because it goes back to a podcast that we posted a week or so ago about the which is the best, learning to plow or going direct to parallel. And as we concluded, neither of them are wrong. Both of them are right, and it depends on the person that you're teaching and their abilities and some other factors. Um, and this is the same for, for this progression. The progression is there as a backbone. If you can then tag on the flesh onto thine bones, then you're probably a better teacher for it, and you'll get a bit more work. So mm. yeah, but there are there are definitely differences in the Anverter exams and the associations and how they see it yeah. and across the globe, not just in Austria. Exactly. And that's what this podcast is about today. It's talking about the the fact that you can go with any association throughout the world. You need to do research about why it may suit you better and why some associations, you know, are responsible, let's say, even for the breakup of the I, ISIA, um, where they're seen as such a weak pattern of how they develop this skier that you know the austrians the french the italians want nothing to do with them you know it's quite political um, and people probably aren't aware of this political um background that there's there in skiing but it is important for you as andy says to understand you will have to look at where you want to work you will also need to look at your budget 
How much money are you wanting to invest in your development through your career? Because I can tell you one association will cost you close to 40,000 euros to get to a level four. And another can cost you for the same quality, if not recognized as better, 15,000 euros. So how much do you want to spend gaining that qualification right through to diploma level? Now, as obviously, you know, most people... 80% 80% of a ski school consists of level one and two. Yep. The, the last 20% then fall into this level three and then at the odd level four. Yep. Because it, it suits the ski school anyway that way. because Cheaper wage bill. <laughs> they don't need to pay as much. And at the end of the day, 80% of the clients do not need this level four diploma guy who is a um, a ski guide and can go off piste and ski tour etc they don't need that you know why would you be paying that wage for looking after some five-year-old kids so at the end of the day it makes sense to the ski school as well to you know make it staff predominantly with its level one two um, um instructors does it not yeah i think if it's a traditional ski school setup which is catering to the beginner intermediate market with a big children's program then yeah why why would they have so many more higher level instructors there are obviously specialist ski schools places in the alberg where there is a lot of guiding involved and people are paying a lot of money for those guides but that's it's it's a, it's a niche the main ski school offering is beginner intermediate and kids lessons yeah 80 yeah, percent inverters I've, I've worked in a ski school i think where we had what two statlicks on on the books at one point and that was it yeah. which you would think wouldn't be the way, but and it, it shouldn't. Is. I mean, we did a we did a podcast on this about ski lessons and stuff, and it shouldn't put you off thinking, oh, I'm going to a ski schools and they're, they're just full of crap. No, that's absolutely not. And we will discuss this in the future podcast about how uh, a level two ski instructor could be the best teacher you will ever find in the world. It's nothing to do with their ability to ski all the time. There's more to it than that. Um, But yeah, I mean, for example, Ski Instructor Academy is probably one of the only companies in Austria that employs only ski instructors higher than level three, four. Mm. (laughs) It's probably the only company in the world that probably does that as well. Um, But yeah, we have, again, a niche because we are trying to train people to become instructors but the benefit is of course if you're then doing a, a mogul camp or a, are you just coming to be you learn to carve then yeah you you're guaranteed to get that extremely good level skier but i have to say good level teaching is a different thing yes. that comes from somewhere else yeah it does and i think that is something that we're going to cover on another, another podcast, podcast as well isn't it yeah so thank you very much mitchell for that um that comment because you know those comments are are great to answer and my apologies that i um do not answer the comments as much as i should but we are busy with a lot of other things so uh, anything to add andy no just uh, if people have got questions or do want to comment then please do and like we have with mitchell's we will use it to form uh, another future podcast so yeah absolutely thanks mitchell bye for now everyone bye for now